Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to On the Bright Line podcast, tales from recovering food addicts from the perspective of a physician, a therapist, and an off-the-wall storyteller. We are not affiliated or endorsed by Brightline Eating, and all content presented in this podcast represents our personal opinions and does not represent medical, nutritional, or psychological professional advice. Hi, it's Robin. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Today we're going to talk a little bit about um, stages of change and how you know when you're ready to begin. Um, one of the things we were kind of talking about, you know, is what 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 is that moment? What does that moment mean, right? And a lot of times, you know, in, in counseling, we'll call that the crucible moment. And what that means is all the ingredients are together in the crucible and they can catch fire and become something new and wonderful, right? So that idea, I, I always love the imagery of... I have goosebumps right now. Aww. <laughs> right? I love the imagery of the phoenix, right? Because the phoenix rises from the ashes and becomes something beautiful and new and wonderful. And so I, I love that idea of how do we each, you know, seize that moment where, where we can choose to make a change where we can we can feel that power within us that decision to say I, I cannot do what I have been doing I've got to be willing to move forward and do something different and what is that going to be right so I guess you know Megan I would say what like what was your what was your moment what was that aha moment where you knew okay I can't keep doing this I think I have to go back a little bit because I think talking about I don't want to say like the decline of my health. Like I was, I guess I was in a serious health moment, mm -hmm. but, um, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes with my first pregnancy yeah. and that was horrible. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I thought it was life ending. It was not, but I did not want to become insulin dependent for that pregnancy. So I got religious about my diet. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember, mm -hmm. like I was yeah. like, I, I was I was, that was BLEing before BLE was a thing for me <laughs> because I was religious about my diet, making sure that my blood sugars was normal and I did not have to go on insulin. And then in between my first pregnancy and my second pregnancy, I became type two diabetic. And I think I had been mm -hmm. pre kind of pre-diabetic leading up to the first pregnancy, but, um, had to go on medication in between the two. And then with my second pregnancy became well, I was already, you know, type two diabetic, but again, like I became insulin dependent during that um, pregnancy in order to keep be able, even with the strict diet control, which I tried at the very beginning, I was mm -hmm. like, no, I know this is going to be a problem. It was a problem with the last one. So mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just do what I need to do. And then having to go on insulin and, you know, thankfully healthy, both my boys are healthy and, um, don't have any issues today, but, uh, you know, I continue to be type two diabetic. Mm -hmm. And so I think I thought, oh, I'm just taking metformin. Like I'm not on insulin, you know what I mean? Right. And that's kind of, that was kind of always my justification. Like, even though my weight was an issue, I knew it was an issue. My blood pressure was creeping up, mm -hmm. you know, and my, you know, my cholesterol was getting bad. I was like, Oh, but it'll be fine. Like I've always been, I've always been overweight and healthy and healthy. I'm putting right. air quotes around healthy. Um, I've always been overweight and healthy. And so I thought that I could just continue the way I was. I didn't think that I needed to change that. 
because of health. I thought it was more of a vanity thing of like, I, oh, I want to lose weight to be thin and be like, look and have a body that I think I should have or that I think society thinks I should have, but not because I think that there's a health implication of me being overweight, which was mm -hmm. part of my mentality around body positivity. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then uh, in November, I went and got these labs. I kind of had avoided the doctor for a little while and I, my mm -hmm. weight had continued to creep up and um, I just was like, oh, I just, you know, whatever, I'll just continue taking my medicine and I won't, you know, I'll just kind of ignore it. So I went and finally got labs because my doctor's like, okay, it's been a year. Like we need to get labs on you. So I went and got labs and it was just, everything was way out mm. of control, like way out of control. So my A1C had crept up to 9.6. Um, my triglycerides. Should be under 6.0. Yeah. So it should, yeah, normal is under 6.6. Mm. 6, so 9.6. Um, and this was on medication. Uh, my triglycerides were almost 700. They mm. were 694. And they which, should be less than 150. Yeah, so that was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was the number that really scared me. And my total cholesterol was, it was almost 300. It was like 297 or something yeah. like that, which again, is not normal. Should be under 200. Uh, should yeah. be under 200. So there you go. The doctor's telling us, the doctor's mm -hmm. telling us what normal is. So it was, it, they were bad. And so the doctor, my doctor, I, I had, I got my labs done before I went to see my doctor and in the interim between getting my labs done and, and seeing my doctor was like a Thursday to a Monday or something. I made the decision I was going to do BLE. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I walked in, I walked into that doctor's appointment and I'm like, look, I understand this is bad. Like I yeah. get, this is bad and I'm getting, I'm doing this. Like I'm starting this, I'm making this life change because I realized how bad it had gotten. And so that was really, I mean, the catalyst for me was seeing those numbers on paper, black and white, knowing that I could not continue. And the triglycerides really what got me. And I think it was because you yeah. and Clay, I'm pointing to Bonnie, Bonnie and Clay had said something about his triglycerides when he, before he started BLE and how rapidly they had come down. And so that was kind of what was set in my mind. I'm like, okay, this has got to be the solution. Like it's got to be the solution yeah. because it worked for Clay. So that was definitely, um, my, it was a scared straight moment for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and yes, I think all the pieces were in place. Uh, we, we were coming, I mean, I guess it was kind of coming out of the pandemic at that point. Right. Like right. we were, you know, things here, I mean, just a little dive a little deeper things here in the Pacific Northwest, we had been closed up, you know, and, and really quarantined off a lot more than mm -hmm. I think a lot of the, the rest of the country had. And I have family in the Midwest and we had talked about like, I just, I don't think that they really understood how isolating it had been because right. we were all really quarantined and there were still a lot of places that were closed or masks were required. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm still wearing a mask to doctor's appointments till like yeah. two months ago, yeah. you know, and it's what we're July, 2023 yeah, right now. Right. And I was still wearing a mask to doctor's appointments. So it's just, it was a different atmosphere here. And I think my mental health had taken a, had taken a decline during, um, COVID, mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, having some depression and, you know, I'd saw counseling and I think at that point I was just really ready like you said, it was the moment where all the, everything aligned. Like yeah. I finally knew what the, I knew what the plan was. I knew what the program was because that you, you know, Bonnie, yeah. yeah. Cause Bonnie and Clay had already kind of introduced me to that and everything else kind of fell into place as far as like mm -hmm. the scary, the scary, scary yeah. <laughs> of, you know, where, of where I was at. So yeah, that was definitely the moment for me. That was your moment. That was it. What about you, Bonnie? Well, what my moment you? should have been when my husband, Clay, almost had a heart attack and had to have a stent put in because he had really high triglycerides. But, mm. you know, 
He just got on medication, and he even said, I think we really need to change our diet. And we were having a lot of other life stressors at the time, so I was like, yeah, I'm not really ready to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. And also, honestly, you know, I had not, never seen a way forward before either. I had never seen a way that yeah. resulted in permanent loss. So it was more like, we should suffer again. That's what that felt like. We should mm. just suffer again oh, for nothing. We're going to be resigned. Yeah, to we, you know, dis- that's what discomfort. going on a healthy diet meant. We, right. we just need to go back to suffering, you know, without a real long-term solution. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, for me, again, not a health crisis, but more just a, a, a hitting my endpoint with the, with the food thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime I go to any social event where there's food out, the first thing I am thinking about is what food is sitting out and what would I like to eat and do are people watching me and did they notice uh, that I already got one and I got mm-hmm. one cookie and then I got two cookies. Mm-hmm. Should I get three cookies? I want a third cookie. Has anyone noticed that I've had two cookies? Have I eaten more cookies? No one else is having any of the cookies. They're all going to see that I'm eating. I mean, this yeah. is my constant food chatter in my head. Every single place I would go in public, at every restaurant, I would eat quickly. Again, because of that mm-hmm. fear of lack, I would eat quickly. I'd finish before everybody else. I'd be sick to my stomach full and already be thinking about what else I could eat or I wonder if they're going to finish that on their mm-hmm. plate. And so, and then, you know, working from home where I used to work in an office where I was on my feet and walking around, um, working from home and just literally getting up every hour and getting a little bowl full of chocolate chips and marshmallows, mm-hmm. which started out as a bowl of nuts. Then it, then it transitioned to a bowl of nuts with some chocolate chips in it. Mm-hmm. Then a marshmallow got added. <laughs> How'd that get in there? That one singular marshmallow. And then it was a little bowl of just chocolate chips and marshmallows that I would eat every hour. And I mean, yeah. it's funny, but it's really like horrible. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I was gaining weight. I was slowly moving up a size and moving up a size and had to buy new clothes Mm -hmm. and you know it just kept going and I literally saw no way out until like I you know until I read the book and and I realized like oh this is food addiction this isn't because I don't know what to eat right Right. it's the food addiction part is why I can't stop doing this even though I am very intelligent and I know this is really bad for me Mm -hmm. Um, but the denial again not getting on the scale just I told you, you know, I kind of resign myself. Oh, I'm just going to be overweight because I'm older and who cares anymore? Right. I mean, just that whole thing, like the giving up, you know? Um, so for me, it was just getting that information and realizing there was an actual way that I really could fix this problem that wasn't just I'm going to suffer by eating diet food mm-hmm. until I get to a certain weight and then I'm going to regain again. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, right. I could actually see that this might really work like forever. And I had never, ever seen that before. That hope that there was a way off of the crazy merry-go-round. Yeah, because I, I had never been able to keep weight off because mm-hmm. none of those things worked. And, that, and again, as a physician practicing for 20 years, I have never seen a patient lose all their weight and keep it off ever, whether they right. had surgery, took medication, followed a diet plan. Never, never have I seen a patient um, succeed. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple patients that did really well mm-hmm. um, on the, like I'd put them on a 50 gram carb diet. That was a big thing I pushed when I was in practice mm-hmm. and they still gained it back because yeah. they couldn't stick with it. Why? Yeah. Cause they're addicted. Yeah. And, and just controlling the food didn't fix that. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that piece about, um, you know, I, I keep coming back to what you said, find it, finding the way out, right. Finding, finding the thing that made logic sense and that was actually maintainable. Right. So then once you have your crucible moment, once you decide you think you're ready, you know, 
maybe Robin, you can talk about, you know, that, that stages of readiness to make change, right? There's a, there's yeah. a progression. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think the thing that, you know, talking about our own moment is great. I mean, because we each had our own moment for what it was, but I think, I, you know, there might be people that are listening that haven't gotten there yet, or right. maybe have tried. Cause I think that's the other thing that I realized a lot in the, cause I'm part of the online community with BLE mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of people that have tried and, and, and not succeeded and come back and come back and come back. And so I think that there's, you know, there's probably a lot of discussion we could have about that, about like mm -hmm. what, what would be the sign or the, <laughs> mm -hmm. the signposts rather, let's not say that there's one right. like highlighted sign in the, right. the, the, you know, the middle of the road, that would be nice. Right. So it's like, this is your moment, you know, flashing lights and bells. But if we don't, if you don't have that, like what are some signposts that people can look for that this might be the time to, take, you know, to look into this or to try this or to step. make a change, you know, whatever that change might be. Well, and I think you said something really interesting, <clears throat> right? That there are some people that will start with BLE, but then maybe not be able to maintain it. And I have a lot of clients that will, that will have said that to me about, you know, whatever program it is they've done or whether it's counseling, oh, I tried it and it doesn't work. Right. And my view is sometimes we are not ready for it to work, right? That we can we can jump on something and try it, and it's not that that program doesn't work. It's that we're not in a place where we're really ready to commit to that, right? Mm -hmm. Like like we've all talked about that. Oh my oh my God, giving up you know sugar and flour and alcohol, I could never do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, Bonnie, I remember when you told me about the program. I was like, oh crap, I could never do that. That's not, that's not happening. And right? add to that connecting to the community. So giving yes. up all those things and we call that, you know, that's called coming all the way in and sitting all the way down. And right. until you're ready for that, you're not really ready. Right. 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 Yeah, and you can't excuse my language. You can't half ass this program. Yeah. There's not really a way to do it that way. Nope. Like then you're just trying to do it to lose weight. You're not really trying to make a change. Right. And so yeah. I think that that's I think that I mean to me that's the define oh, oh sorry Robin, don't mean to interrupt, but like mm -hmm. that's the def the defining is that if you are ready to upend your life when it comes to the way you look at food you know yeah. that's that I think you know to me that's one of the signposts for that, sure that so. being ready to say I'm gonna let go of this old <clears throat> relationship that I've had with food alcohol right self-comforting all of that right and so you know, if you, if you Google stages of change, right, the first one is pre-contemplation. You know, it's my, I'm, I'm starting to be aware that I need to make change. You know, my pants don't fit. My labs aren't good. I get it. Um, some, someday I'm going to have to make a change, right? And then we can move into contemplation, which is I'm going to increase the pros about change. I'm going to start connecting with all the reasons why I would like to make change. Okay, really quickly, uh -huh. we're going to introduce Sprinkles. Oh, sprinkles. You can probably hear Sprinkles coming across the floor right now. It's uh, Bonnie and Clay's bulldog. Bulldog. She does not file bright line eating, she and therefore not. she gets very short of breath when she gets hot or exerts herself. So if you hear heavy breathing. <laughs> it's the dog. It's the It's not dog. one of us, we promise. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Robin. Continue. Okay, so, so in contemplation, we're going to try and increase our pros for change and decrease the cons, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, maybe I'm gonna start getting rid of some of the foods that are in the house. I'm going to um, stop going out to certain places that I eat. I'm going to maybe increase my support in the community, right? 
preparation is the next stage. We're going we're gonna to commit and start making a plan. It's not necessarily making the change, but what is my, what is my plan? You know, maybe, maybe that means um, making a decision of, you know, okay, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to order that book next week. I'm going to order the, maybe I'm going to, you know, start thinking about what that, you know, well, maybe let me bookmark that website. Right. And then we're starting to move into the action phases, which I'm going to implement and then revise my plan. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to start making the, the eating changes. I'm going to start um, changing my habits a little bit. I'm going to start connecting with community Right, and then we go into maintenance. How do I integrate this change into my lifestyle? And the the kicker is, is that we can relapse at any point in time. And the beauty of that is, just like we can leave that circle of change, we can also re-enter that circle. I have chills again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, to me, is that power of embracing our <clears throat> ourselves and deciding that we're going to commit to a growth plan, right? Yeah. A personal, a personal change, right? This is not just about, I'm going to change my weight. It's about, I am going to change who I am and how I view myself. And it's a huge change to make. And I've also learned you cannot like with anything else, you cannot lead someone to that. Mm. Yep. They have <laughs> to come to it willingly. Yeah. Um, but sharing your experiences can help others if they're in the pre-contemplative phase yeah. like you were Megan like hearing that mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. know like yeah. you weren't ready to hear that you need to give up those things but hearing that we were doing it yeah. seeing that it worked for someone else yeah helped when you got to the point where you were pre-contemplative you were you had that information yeah and I think that's with any kind of addiction yeah you know um you cannot you know you cannot make someone go to rehab says nope. Amy Winehouse um, right. You know, if you're not ready, you're not going to participate in it. If you're not ready for therapy, you're not going to participate in it. Right. And again, if you just only want to, I just want to lose 20 pounds before that wedding. Um, you know, this kind of life change is not mm -hmm. going to be, and there's no, no, no program that's going to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're not really ready, if you're not ready to come all the way in. Yeah. And I think I also just want to um, make sure that people understand that there's hope. You know, because yes. I think for me, I didn't feel like there was for a long time. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I just felt like there wasn't, I was going to always be fat. Like I was always going to be overweight and there was nothing I was going to be able to do about it Yeah, and nothing ever worked. And it was just too much of an effort no matter what. And I, you know, I, this is hard for me because I feel like there's some embarrassment mm -hmm. around this. The BLE has been easy. <laughs> the mm. weight has fallen off and yeah. I know that I'm unusual and that doesn't happen for everybody yeah, yeah I lost um, like a half a pound a week yeah <laughs> yeah you can do the math I've been doing this for a little over six months and I've lost 85 pounds yeah, so you crazy. can imagine yeah. how quickly and there are times and I I've told Bonnie this before <laughs> that I'm like I worry that there's something else wrong with me <laughs> but there's I know it's just it really is because my this is the way my body wanted to eat so I think yeah. that I yeah. think to me it's like there should be a message of hope in all of this and that not that it's not hard and not that mm -hmm. I haven't made huge mm -hmm. life choice, like life changes and choices. Um, but that it's not impossible and you're not yeah. destined to live yes. your life yeah. in an overweight body or just addicted to food or addicted to food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and with the food chatter and, and just the noise in your head, I know that you've talked about that, just the noise in your head about food for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I never lost a pound, but, just had that go away 
that it'd be worth it to me to be on it. Mm. That's how easy this plan yeah. is compared to how miserable I was with that all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I can yeah. go to any restaurant, I can go anywhere where people are eating and drinking anything, and I just no longer have that feeling. And it's just, oh wow, it's just, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. How much energy that chatter exactly. must have taken. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that. I'm sure that disordered thinking got put there for a reason. Mm-hmm. We can talk about lots of things mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. with that as we go through this. But, um, yeah, I think that's the thing. Is And it is surprisingly easy to do this program. Yeah. Once you no longer yes. have food chatter, you're not white-knuckling it yeah. through abstinence anymore. It's yeah. not just like, you know... You're just you're just holding on to the next day. It just that yeah. all just goes away, and it's just actually and you know as we talked about earlier, it's a ton of food, so it's like you have plenty of food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just healthy food, and food starts to taste better too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Is there any other thoughts that you guys have about the crucible moment, or what what people should be looking for if they're interested in making this change, or? what people should watch out for if they're looking to make this change. I think you don't need to be, if you're really ready, you don't need to be frightened of, Mm. oh my God, I'm never going to be able to eat sugar and flour again. I can't even imagine that. And it's like, just do it for a day. A day. Yeah. And then do it for another day. Yep. And before you know it, you've strung together a couple of weeks. That's right. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you string together about six weeks, the food chatter goes away. It's kind of remarkable. Well, not and for so, everybody, I will say. It took maybe a, little a little bit longer. longer. Yeah, it took a little bit longer for some. So, <laughs> Clay you know, is telling me think, 10 weeks. So. I, think, <laughs> I think not being afraid to try it, you're, no one is saying that you can never do it again. You're just saying, I don't think I'm going to do it today. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a great point is that it's not, it doesn't have to be black and white. You yeah. can say, ha, let me try What's the worst thing that's going to happen yeah. if I try this, if I commit to doing this a day? I'm going to feel a, a little hungry. And a month. No one ever died from right. feeling a little yep. hungry. Nobody ever died from being <laughs> well, a little hungry. Well, that's what Susan says that all the time. Yeah. Nobody died sure. between lunch and dinner. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that's one of my favorite sayings. Is yeah. No one ever died of starvation between lunch and dinner. So. <laughs> but I think it's about not just the food changes, but changing that emotional relationship Mm -hmm. with food and being willing to let go of that unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That has in a way become a known comfort and companion. Yeah. It's always been there. And what do I do if that's not there? You need to be prepared to fill the void with some other coping tools. And I think that's what, however you approach making this kind of change it needs to come with the commitment that you recognize that you're using food as a comfort and as a tool to help you get through the day or the week and you got to start working on putting some other things in that time space or else you know your chance of relapse is pretty high yeah but it's the you know i hate the term tools in your coping toolbox um but that kind of is what we're talking about is what Mm -hmm. are those new things that you are going to choose and reach for and how are you going to manage that right behaviorally and how are you going to manage that cognitively and so we'll certainly in the future get into some of that stuff as well yeah Yeah. for sure any other thoughts so we have uh, brought you guys to the point of um, some background about us, some background about our food journeys, all of us, our weight journeys and that sort of thing. The next episode is going to focus really on uh, the program and what the program is and how we work our program. So um, if you're interested, obviously stay tuned because uh, uh, that's coming up next. Mm-hmm.